Health Matters with Karen Key. And this program is brought to you by Adcock Ingram. Adcock Ingram is passionate about the health of all South Africans across our rainbow nation. Trust Adcock Ingram Medicines to take care of you and your family's health. Adcock Ingram, adding value to life. At Adcock Ingram, we're passionate about the health of all South Africans. For more than 120 years, generations of families across the Rainbow Nation have trusted us with the day-to-day health of their loved ones. With household names like Panado, Bioplus, Comprel and Citrus Soda, you'll find the same quality and care in all of our medicines. Adcock Ingram, adding value to life. Ask for Adcock Ingram Medicines the next time you visit your pharmacy. And a very good evening to you and welcome to this week's edition of Health Matters. On the show this evening, I'll be joined by Dr. Israel Obel, a cardiologist who specializes in electrophysiology, which deals with the electrical functioning of the heart. And he'll be telling us about his team of cardiac specialists at Netcare Milk Park Hospital in Johannesburg, who have reached a milestone of 100 cryoablation procedures. And if you suffer from muscle spasm or musculoskeletal pain, stay tuned. I'll be chatting with registered physiotherapist Evan Speechley. And then joining me in the Cape Town studios this evening will be Bernadette Rigney, and she's director of Fability Lifestyle Guide. And we'll be chatting about the upcoming Fability Seminar, which will focus on understanding what disability awareness is all about. And finally, it's after Hermanus. Now, you probably know about this beautiful part of the country as the whale capital of South Africa. But trust me, there's a whole lot more going on there. And Theo Crano of Sparkle Kids will be on the line and he'll be telling us about some of the amazing community-based projects he's involved with out there. And then just a reminder that there's now a list of available documents for Health Matters. Just go to the Facebook page, Health Matters on SAFM. And if you'd like any of them, post a message. But please do remember to include your email address so that I can send them to you. And if you don't have access to Facebook, drop me an email to healthmatters at safm.co.za and I'll send you the list and you can choose which of the documents you'd like. Well, that's the lineup for this evening. I do hope you'll stay with me and enjoy the show here on SAFM. Health Matters with Karen Key. Well, a team of cardiac specialists practicing at Netcare Mill Park Hospital in Johannesburg have reached a milestone of 100 cryoablation procedures to treat atrial fibrillation. And that's an irregular heart rhythm that affects the upper chambers of the heart. Now, atrial fibrillation can be severely disabling and even life-threatening to those who suffer from it. And joining me now from our Johannesburg studios is Dr. Israel Obel, and he's a cardiologist who specializes in electrophysiology, which deals with the electrical functioning of the heart and who heads up the team at Netcare Mill Park. Dr. Obel, good evening. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, so this, this cryoablation, you know, it sort of sounds almost to me like, but like science fiction. I think a lot of us are aware of the heat-based ablation, but this is using cold, if I'm correct. Yes, that's correct. So before we get into how that all works, just, I think, explain a little bit further what this atrial fibrillation is all about and how it does actually affect us. I mentioned it could be life-threatening, and people are sitting there going, why? Well, there are two um, important <coughs> excuse me, complications to atrial fibrillation, this irregular beating of the heart. Perhaps it'll be easier to understand if you understand that the heart beats very fast, the upper chamber, and it parts, uh, beats very irregularly. The consequences of this, that are twofold. Number one, the bottom chamber, the pumping chamber, may be forced to go too fast for too long. That can put strain on it and cause that chamber to fail in the long run. 
So that's the one way in which atrial fibrillation, once it's established, and that's an important point, once it's, it's established, can cause major long-term problems. The second is that because of the irregularity of the pumping and the ineffectiveness, therefore, of the pumping of the upper chamber, the blood stagnates. And once the blood stagnates in that area, it tends to form small clots in it. These clots can then go off to various parts of the body, of which the most sensitive is the brain and therefore can cause strokes. And the strokes can cause major disabilities in a number of ways. You mentioned that this is the heart beating too fast. Could it alternatively also be beating too slowly? Would that also be classed as atrial fibrillation? No, atrial fibrillation is uh, relates to the upper chamber, the atria, and the one on the right and the left going too fast at rates of 300, 400, 500, oh, 600 okay. a minute. So really yeah. fast. Okay. Very fast, yeah. Now, I don't want people to start panicking out there and think, well, you know, when I ran yesterday, my heart was beating quite fast. That's not the same thing at all. And there are sp symptoms associated with atrial fibrillation. Yes, there are symptoms, and regrettably, sometimes there are not symptoms. Oh. Yeah. Well, when there are symptoms, it's an awareness. It may be an awareness of this irregularity and unusual nature of the heart um, rhythm and the, or the heart beating very fast, or it can be the consequences, and people can feel tired, weak, or short of breath, coughing. Those are the common symptoms. The problem when there are no symptoms is that it may go unrecognized and may get to a stage where there's not a lot that we can do to reverse it. So this this technique that you've used, this cryoablation, um, it was it's, it's I think the first in South Africa when you did it initially. I think it was in 2010, was it? But you did it for, for the first time. Uh, I think it was around then. Yeah. That, that was the first time you did it, and I mean this is a, it's an an achievement that's unequaled in private cardiac medicine here in South Africa. I mean you've reached a milestone. I mentioned a hundred of these procedures. That's quite remarkable. Well, I don't, well, thank you very much, but <laughs> 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 yes, well, we're pleased to have uh, got along the road because it's a good, it's a good technique and others are using it, fortunately. So how does it actually work now? I talked about it being different to the heat-based um, heat ablation. This is now the cold, the freezing. How, what, what do you actually do during a procedure? Well, what I think to understand the situation better, you have to understand that atrial fibrillation, the irregularity of those impulses occurs when abnormal impulses exit from the veins that lead from the lungs back to the atrium, the top chamber on the left side. And the idea of the whole thing is to try and restrict those abnormal impulses to the veins, to not let them get to the atria so that the atria can remain beating normally under the normal impulses. Now, a Frenchman called Esaguerre was possibly the first some years ago who used a heat ablation in order to restrict those impulses to the pulmonary veins. And many of us used that for some time. A South African working in Boston uh, worked on cryoablation and he felt that there were some advantages to using freezing instead of heat. And this worked in Boston for a start and then it was taken to Canada where it was d um, developed further. Why we like cryoablation is that it can be delivered in an easy way 
in a symmetrical way and in a controlled way in which it is easier for us to reliably apply the cold which will destroy the conducting tissue in those veins to apply the cold in a symmetrical easy way um, and do so quickly. Now you've also developed something called the cryoballoon technique or you adopted that in 2012 so a few years after you started yeah. doing the cryoablation. What is the cryoballoon technique? The cryoablation originally was a thin catheter in which the end of the catheter became uh, was freezing, was frozen by the use of freezing gas. What the originators of the cryoballoon uh, technique worked out was that if you filled a balloon with freezing gas, that balloon could snugly fit into any area that you liked and easily be in contact with that whole area. It's a much more compliant thing than a single point-by-point application technique. And that is what essentially uh, makes the technique so attractive. Now, the success rate for something like this, Doctor? The success rate depends a lot on the the, um, type of patient in whom it is used. Basically, it has been used in what we call paroxysmal atrial fibrillation. That is, at a time when the atrial fibrillation comes and goes. We know that atrial fibrillation runs uh, from a course of being paroxysmal, that is intermittent, to becoming more frequent until it's permanently established. For permanent atrial fibrillation, this is not an effective technique. In fact, very few are. Uh, We use it for paroxysmal atrial fibrillation, and worldwide success rates are in the 80% area with sometimes needing a second procedure. I was going to ask you, is this something that would sometimes need to be repeated? Yes, a good percentage of them have to be repeated. Uh, We've been fortunate in our experience, it's not been too many, but all in all worldwide, something like 30 or 35% have to, or maybe even more, 40%, have to be repeated on one occasion or perhaps even two occasions. Fortunately, the technique is is simple and is easily repeated. How long does it take? I mean, is, is this a long stay in hospital? Is it a, de- a night stay? What is it? Well, the technique itself takes about two hours, two and a half hours in the, in the electrophysiology laboratory. Uh, some people, um, in some countries, people go home even the same day or the next day. We usually like to keep people in hospital for an extra night so they sleep the night of the procedure and the second night, which allows us to get everything to settle down to be sure that their blood thinning, which is an important part of the whole thing, uh, is absolutely ideal. And usually that's what we do. And what about complications? Are those quite rare? The complication rate for cryoablation seems to be lower than for any other form of atrial fibrillation ablation. The the complication rates are, with cryoablation in our experience, relatively rare. Yes, they are. There are significant complications which can rarely occur and which can be serious. We're talking about 
one in 20,000 techniques having a very serious techni- uh, complication. But one in 20,000 is a quite lower complication rate, I'm sure you'll agree. Absolutely. Now, something like atrial fibrillation, I think a big part of that, though, is early diagnosis because and treatment, obviously, because, you know, the sooner you take yourself off to the doctor and say, look, I think there's something wrong, the better for you. Don't leave it and just think, oh, well, you know, my heart's just beating a bit fast. Absolutely. You're quite right. And this could save your life. Well, it, it could because if we can stop the atrial fibrillation and our best chance is when we do when we treat it early, if we can stop it, it can have major effects on life expectancy as I outlined earlier on in, mm. our, in our discussion. So if, if you're not feeling too well and you think your heart's going just a little bit fast, you said between three and 500 beats a minute. That's well, r- no, the, oh. to- the top chamber goes between three and 500 mm. beats a minute. If you felt your pulse... It could be between anything between 60 or 70 beats a minute and 140, 150 beats a minute. Because not every beat gets from the top to the bottom chamber. Oh, okay. And you won't feel them all in your pulse. However, an irregularity in your pulse or anything that's very unusual in your pulse and in your pulse rate should be discussed with your doctor and he should be urged to get you to refer it for proper assessment. Now, I mentioned that your team was working at NetCare Mill Park Hospital. Is yeah. this being done anywhere else around the country, or are you still the only hospital doing this? No, no, no. It is being done in, an, in uh, one or two other hospitals. It's being done in Cape Town, it's being done in Durban, and it's being done in one other centre in Johannesburg. So it is starting to move around the country. So it's not as if everybody who wants the procedure would have to fly to Johannesburg to have it done. So you can have it done around the country at this stage. Absolutely. Is this something that is, is, is taking hold more than the uh, heat ablation? Well, there's an increase in interest worldwide in uh, cryoablation. More pe- uh, people are changing, many people are changing from the heat ablation uh, to cryoablation, but only for the atrial fibrillation ablation. Mm. And there are other ablations which are done with heat which are absolutely superb and uh, are, the, are the correct way to go. So it depends on the condition, it's it not for every condition. It depends entirely on the condition, yeah. Right. Gosh, well, that's so interesting. And well done on your milestone of 100 of these procedures. I think that's quite remarkable. And thank you very much indeed for joining us on the show this evening. Well, thank you for giving me the chance to talk to you. Only a pleasure. Thank you so much. Good night to you. Good night. Dr. Israel Obel is a cardiologist who specializes in electrophysiology, which deals with the electrical functioning of the heart and who heads up a team of cardiac specialists at Netcare Milk Park Hospital. Well, AFCON is underway at the moment, and tonight Mali is up against Cameroon in Malabo in Equatorial Guinea, and uh, hoping that Mo Ali can join us. Now, Mo, are you with us? Thank you very much indeed, Karen. Yes, I am. Uh, Have you recovered from last night yet? <laughs> yeah, what a shame mm. how quickly a game can change. Absolutely. And you did ask for goals. I did, but they were the wrong goals, Mo. Yeah, you exactly. got the wrong goals. So it's your <laughs> fault. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But they scored at the wrong end as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, that was uh, unfortunately when we uh, left you already. Yes, I know. But, so uh, how's yeah. it going tonight? Well, uh, no goals as yet, so we have yet to score the first goal on your program. And uh, let's hope uh, we can get one. But there have been opportunities at uh, either end. We've had nearly 20 minutes gone in the uh, first half in this uh, last of the first round games, the second game in Group D. So by the end of this evening, all 16 teams would have had a game. And uh, would you believe it, this is already the fourth day of uh, this uh, 30th edition of the Africa Cup of Nations. But uh, Mali have had uh, two early chances uh, with uh, 
Mustafa Yatabari uh, heading wide uh, as a shot comes in from the uh, Malians and cleared in defence there just in front of his goalkeeper by uh, Nicola Nkolo. But uh, as I was mentioning, uh, Mustafa Yatabari heading wide and then we also saw the man from uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, the uh, striker Yakuba Salah. Uh, hitting a shot that was uh, very well saved indeed by the 19-year-old uh, Cameroon goalkeeper Fabrice Ondoa. Remember that name. He's playing for the B team of uh, Barcelona and at the age of only 19, he's got a very, very bright future ahead of him. And uh, then we saw a header from uh, Eric Chupo Moting, man who plays his football for Schalke in uh, Germany, having uh, his header tipped over the bar by the Mali goalkeeper Sumaila Diakite. And uh, if you missed the earlier game, it uh, finished uh, the Ivory Coast one Guinea won the Ivory Coast uh, finishing with 10 men after one of their star players Javinho was uh, red carded by the referee in fact Guinea taking a surprise early lead uh, when uh, it was Mohamed Yatara who gave them that uh, lead but uh, the playing with 10 men seemed to spur the Ivorians on and they uh, got the equalizer through Sado Dumbia so uh, with uh, 21 and a half minutes gone in this uh, second group D game it's uh, Mali nil Cameroon nil thanks Moan we'll catch up with Mo again a little bit later in the show at Adcock Ingram, we're inspired to create quality medicines at affordable prices. The passion and care that goes into our trusted brands like Panado, Bioplus, Comprel and Citrus Soda can also be found in our range of generic medicines. So whether you're a boyki with a bellyache or a gogo with a cold, trust us to take care of you and your family's health. Adcock Ingram, adding value to life. Ask for Adcock Ingram medicines the next time you visit your pharmacy. Health Matters with Karen Key. Well, muscle spasm and musculoskeletal pain is very common, but it can have a dramatic effect on a person's lifestyle and your ability to be active. Well, to give us some tips on what we can do about it, I'm joined this evening by registered physiotherapist Evan Speechley. Now, he's a partner in the practice Leitcher, Speechley and Davidson Physiotherapy, and they have branches at the Centre for Sports Medicine and Orthopaedics in Rosebank and Johannesburg and at Linksfield Orthopaedics Sport and Rehabilitation and Rehabilitation Centre at the Linksfield Clinic. Evan, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening. Thank you very much. Now, when we talk about muscle spasms and musculoskeletal pain, I mean, those are all things like lower back pain and neck pain and all those really awful things that I think almost every one of us at some point has suffered from. Uh, sadly, muscle spasms involving the neck, especially nowadays with the use of smartphones and obviously also our laptops, are very common. They used to be common in, in all people, up to 80% if you get low back pain, we're now suffering more with upper neck problems and it's mainly a spasm-related pain. And I'm sure our posture isn't all that good either with slouching in front of computers and in front of the television. I mean, we're really just making it really bad for ourselves here. There's no doubt that the posture of the modern age is really not affecting and helping keep, keep people like me in business. Having all these sort of spasms and this pain, we're obviously then going to start walking differently and we can then cause further injury to ourselves, surely? Yeah, I think the important thing that one has to try and sort out at an early age and almost at school level is to try and get posture awareness correct and try and get people sitting up and using correctly, just like we always were taught, but we tend to forget that. And if we can get that going, we're going to uh, minimize muscle spasm, but the modern life we're always going to get that spasm and something that everybody as you said is 
going to suffer at some stage or another. Now, I'm probably going to age myself here, Evan, but back when I was growing up, you know, back in the day before the Rinderpest, you know, long time ago, um, there were no such things as televisions and computers, so we, we sort of sat up a little straighter. The kids today slouch everywhere, and, I mean, you know, it's I think it's just indicative of what they do. It's indicative of the activities that they are involved with. There's no doubt. The, the PlayStations, the, the Xboxes, and as I said, smartphones, almost every urban child is, tends to have a smartphone and they tend to be looking at it all day, every day. So just that posture is going to cause a, a, a lot of spasm. And that's something we need to deal with. And once it sets in and becomes chronic, then we're often sitting with a problem which we, we can't really fix that easily later on in life. The other thing, though, as far as children are concerned, is those poor children are dragging bags that are so heavy to school. Is that their school bags, I mean, honestly, they almost need a, like a trolley thing to take it in. Or buy them one with wheels if you can, if there's something like that around, if it's possible, because they put them over their shoulder and it sort of drags them down on the one side. Yeah, all of those. But it's also trendy to carry your bag in a certain way, slung over your one shoulder and to sort of slouch. That's the trend a lot of children follow these days. Um, but I'm showing my age because I think the modern school children are going to be carrying a tablet to school with very few school books. Oh, okay. Well, then you are showing your age then. Okay. All right. So you're much younger than me. Back in the day, we didn't have such luxuries as that. Right. now. definitely not. Do you think something like this should, should be, you know, they do this life skills training at school. Maybe this should be part of life skills. I think, I think there are quite a few computer programs that are coming out and we're trying to sort of encourage them to be put on every 45 minutes just to remind us that to ask you to sit up straight or to walk around, whatever. But those things are difficult. And I know myself, if I'm involved in putting an article together on my laptop, I'll tend to sit there for longer than I have to. So it's often difficult. And just the important thing is to, to get people exercising and not just to be sitting at laptops and, and that kind of activity. Exercise is most important. Now, as we get older, obviously, there's things like arthritis and all those other things that just add to the whole problem. But what can we do at our late stage now? I'm sort of putting myself in the late stage of life. Um, we've kind of messed our backs up and our postures and everything up to now. We've, we've totally ruined everything. Is there any hope for us at this stage? Um, there's always hope for us, fortunately. Uh, I, I speak for myself as an arthritic sufferer at, at the moment. And Fortunately, drugs keep moving along all the time. There's always new and modern drugs coming out. We find the drugs we used to take in the past aren't that good for us, and the new ones coming along. Um, and so it's important to do that and just really to exercise, as I mentioned earlier, is important. So to be going to biokineticists to teach you how to keep moving, um, just going to a local gym, those kind of things. And obviously, as a physiotherapist, I'm going to say it's important just to go fairly regularly, not not weekly or monthly, but every couple of months just to get checked out and make sure that you kept in alignment. Um, medicine, my type of medicine, where we're using um, manual therapy, so chiropractors, physiotherapists, manual therapists, uh, even uh, massage therapists are all doing very good work at the moment to ensure that we're relieving as much muscle spasm as possible and just correcting things. So those are the important things to try and bear in mind. And also, I mean, I mentioned things, you know, slouching around at home, watching all our TVs and things, but there's also certain positions that you adopt at work that, that could possibly just aggravate everything. Well, that's where I mentioned that I'm arthritic. I, I, so I spend over my patients to work, and I've got a, what we call a carpotic um, spine, and so I've got a whole lot of associated spasms that go along with that. 
and those things affect me badly. And then, as as I said, the average person's working on laptops mm. all day, every day. And picking up things and moving awkwardly. Just be careful when you have to move things or pick up heavy boxes or, you know. Yeah, all you, of those things are mm. very important. And sport is the other area that we can do ourselves some damage. Well, sport, that's the area that uh, you mentioned. I work in sports medicine mm. clinics. So I tend to do a lot of sports injuries, but still I'd say a good 30 to 40% of my work is working with workers coming in with low back problems and neck problems. So we have to deal with that and then... Some of them are more severe than others, and it's not going to just rely on simple physiotherapy. We might need some medication to help us get rid of some of the spasm. We might need a strong anti-inflammatory, whatever it's going to be, but we do need the use of drugs when it does get too severe at times. Things like anti-inflammatories and analgesics, those sorts of things. Yeah, we're tending to move away a little bit from just going straight to anti-inflammatories because they are associated problems and we have brought out new generation anti-inflammatories which are, are more friendly to the stomach mm. but still one has to be very careful. I was rather alarmed Evan to read that eight out of ten schoolboys who play cricket and over 90% of hockey players and almost two-thirds of older swimmers suffer from musculoskeletal pain. I mean for eight out of ten schoolboys I mean you'd think that they would be quite limber and active and it wouldn't really affect them so badly. Exactly, and they have been saying that we've got to get them off the the TV games and get them playing the real thing, and yet they're getting injuries. Um, yeah, we do have high statistics of injuries, but we are getting wiser, and as I said, my area of sports, of medicine, is improving. So we're actually working a lot on prophylaxis and making sure that they tr- they are using their techniques are correct and those things to minimize these injuries, but... Um, there's always going to be injuries in sport, and that's just the way it is. With swimming, it's all important just to make sure you're getting the correct um, technique. Your swimming technique has to be spot on, otherwise you're going to pick up shoulder problems. So there are all kinds of things, and it's, it's an exciting area of medicine, I must admit. Absolutely, because we all, I think I've always heard that swimming is possibly the best form of sport if you're having problems, because it's, it's not load-bearing, it's not impact sport, it's, it's more gentle you know, in the way of moving, but you can still pick up injuries doing that now. Go to have a couple of lessons with a good swimming teacher to teach you how to roll correctly so you're not using your shoulders as much as you do if you swim like I did, where you're just trying to get your arms going around as quickly as possible. It's a whole lot of techniques and methods have to be, be used carefully. Now, at your practice, the Centre for Sports Medicine and Orthopaedics, do you sort of help the sports people? You help just regular people who are just doing sort of um, casual sport, they're not sort of doing competitive sport? Um, generally, it's our weekend warrior that keeps us busy. Yeah. <laughs> so over 30 year old type A personality that just wants to carry on playing sport, and it's a, it's a vital part of their life that they are able to get out playing indoor soccer or golf regularly or tennis, even things like squash where they can do it. And they're still as competitive as they were, and they, they come in all the time. We've just got to keep them better, and they are as demanding as your professional sportsmen. Really? <laughs> they sort of forgot they're not 21 anymore. They're not 21 um, physically, but mentally they are. Yeah. <laughs> but they just need to sort of chill out a little bit, otherwise they're going to do themselves some serious damage. Can can we actually do ourselves some really bad harm here if we keep doing things, or is it that we have to go and get ourselves sorted out by somebody like you? We can sort of not get to that point where we really, really damaged ourselves. Um. 
I think I think the dangers come in when you're doing um, when you're doing things like 90 kilometer runs. Very regularly, that's more important to make sure that you're getting the right equipment, so good running shoes. You can't. You need to be the right physique and all those kind of things. So you need to make sure you're on top of things. Um, and then when you're playing, if you're playing soccer, just need to make sure your flexibility is kept intact and your muscle balances and all those kind of things. So you shouldn't do yourself any severe damage, but it's often that we'll see someone snapping an Achilles tendon, oh. which happens to the over 35-year-old, unfortunately, fairly regularly. So just be careful and make sure you've got the right equipment when you're doing things like running, because that's very hard impact. It's, it's, it can do you some quite serious harm if you're not careful about what you're doing and if you're not well Correct, prepared. which is why we said the swimming yeah. is a better option, but just to make sure that you Uh, Yeah, you need to do everything properly, otherwise you are going to injure yourself. Evan, thank you so much for joining us on the show this evening, and hopefully we've given people some idea of what they can go off and do, and there is help out there, which is one thing. But just make sure that you are prepared and make sure that your children are sitting up straight and their posture is a little bit better, because otherwise they're going to end up with problems later. So thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Evan. You You too. Good night. Evan Speechley is a registered physiotherapist in private practice as a partner in the practice light Speechley and Davidson Physiotherapy and they've got branches at the Centre for Sports Medicine and Orthopaedics in Rosebank in Johannesburg and at Linksfield Orthopaedics Sport and Rehabilitation Centre, that's at the Linksfield Clinic and I have a fact sheet on this topic if you'd like to have that, just some notes and some information, if you'd like that just send me a mail to healthmatters at safm.co.za Well we should be about 30 minutes into the game, Mali up against Cameroon in the AFCON Cup in Malabo in Equatorial Guinea. Mo, any goals yet no goals as yet uh, Karen uh, it seems that the goal drought has struck us in your programs uh, this week and uh, hopefully we will get one before half time but I can assure you it hasn't been for a lack of trying on uh, either side 11 minutes to go to half time and I can tell you the uh, Cameroon goalkeeper the uh, young Fabrice Ondoa has been uh, by far the busier of uh, the two custodians and uh, he's pulled off some uh, very good saves indeed and uh, one just a few minutes ago from uh, the uh, striker Mustafa Yatabari and uh, once again showing his agility in goal he also saw a good shot from uh, Bakary Sacco the man who plays his football for Wolverhampton Wanderers in England and uh, that shot was uh, tipped over the bar as well and on the other end of the pitch it was Somaila Diakite that uh, had to tip a uh, shot from Chupo Moting, a man who plays his football for Schalke in uh, Germany, had to tip it over the bar. Bad news for Cameroon is uh, that they've lost their midfielder, Eung Eno, man who had a spell with Ajax Cape Town before moving uh, to Ajax Amsterdam, now playing for Standard Liège in uh, Belgium. He's had to go off uh, with an injury and uh, had to be replaced in the 18th minute. So 10 minutes to go to halftime in a steamy Malabo, the uh, capital of Equatorial Guinea. It's uh, Cameroon nil, Mali nil. The last time these two teams met at the Nations Cup, it was actually Mali who lost by uh, three goals to Cameroon in the semi-finals of the 2002 edition of the tournament. So just 10 minutes to go to halftime. It's Mali nil, Cameroon nil. I don't think you should tell too many people you're doing the commentary, Mo, because every time you're doing the commentary, nobody scores anything. <laughs> Probably they have some doubts about my ability to describe, to describe <laughs> the goals. I don't think so. I don't think so. Hopefully there'll be some goals next time we chat. Absolutely. And uh, after, as we said, after we left last night, uh, we saw four goals. Yes. And, and Maybe it's me. Once again. Maybe it's you. Maybe Who it's knows? me. Maybe it's me. <laughs> but thanks. We'll catch up with you a bit later. Thanks very much. Thanks, Mo. At Adcock Ingram, we're passionate about the health of all South Africans. 
For more than 120 years, generations of families across the Rainbow Nation have trusted us with the day-to-day -day health of their loved ones. With household names like Panado, Bioplus, Comprel and Citrus Soda, you'll find the same quality and care in all of our medicines. Adcock Ingram, adding value to life. Ask for Adcock Ingram Medicines the next time you visit your pharmacy. Health Matters with Karen Key. Well, joining me now in our Cape Town studios is Bernadette Rigney, and she's director of Fability Lifestyle Guide, and that's a company committed to showing that persons with disabilities have the ability to live life fabulously. And they'll be hosting an exciting seminar in Cape Town on the 28th of January, which will focus on understanding what disability awareness is all about. Bernadette, good evening. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Karen. Now, I believe you've made quite a move all the way from Gauteng down to Cape Town to start this amazing company. Yes, I have. Well, so tell me about this business. Um, I started this company to focus on the fabulous lives of persons with disabilities. So we don't normally see that, you know, the people that drive the fancy cars with the latest in technology or the people that live in homes with devices and innovative little ideas just to make their lives a bit easier. So I'm taking all of that and I've got this website where we view all of these things. So it's quite an exciting new business. Now it's called Fability. So it's fabulous, fabulous basically ability. short for fabulous ability. <laughs> and for people who don't know you, you're talking from a point of reference where you are in that position yourself. Yes. So would you just like to tell people who you are? Um, I've got a disability called arthrogryposis. It limits my arms and my legs. So for many years I thought, you know, being disabled, you just have to live life and um, whatever challenges you have it's just there you know it's something that you need to deal with but I went to America when I was 18 years old and looking at the technology that was there and all of these little ideas it was like simple things the kitchen cabinets were a bit lower and um, like scrambled eggs came in a little container so <laughs> you know there was little uh, things that just make like so easy and the cab services and the public transport so different to South Africa so when I came back I had this whole vision that you know these are things that I want to do so I got a position at the city of Joburg and a lot of the work that I done at the city was towards disability awareness you know like improving things on the how train or the rear via bus systems just to make life a bit easier and so that the person with a disability lives a bit more independently now I mentioned you've got a seminar coming up. It's it looks I mean it looks amazing what you've put together for that day. Just tell people about that. Are there still places available? Yes, there is place available, so book now to avoid disappointment. Um we've got some exciting people lined up. There's entrepreneurs that will be there and um Nikki Abdenar. Oh, she's will. been on my show before. She's amazing. <laughs> she's amazing, yeah. Um she with the Nikki's drive. Um Nikki is so really awesome because she gives back to the disability mm. community. Um she has the Nikki's drive and um if you go onto the Fability website you'll see that there's car places so if you want to adapt your car you know there's the following people to contact if you find that you don't have finances Nikki is the person that will assist you know in providing that so it's very exciting then we have Terry Ann who um, is a radio you know personality isn't and she one of the casual day casual ambassadors, day ambassadors. Yes, yeah. so amazing such an amazing person and then Jabalili who is um, a deaf lady and she's a journalist so just the exciting things that she gets involved in and you think wow you know 
So it's quite exciting. And how, what is the structure of the day? What is going to be happening over the course of the day? Okay, we will be speaking about um, the company focuses on empowering disabled people. So we'll have a lot of companies with senior management and HR management people attending. We want to guide people, you know, um, show them the EE plans. What is the reason behind employment equity and what are the reasons for uh, reasonable accommodation and urban design, you know, all of those little things. So we explain in detail. And when the people leave at the end of the seminar, you know, the MDs of the companies will want to employ the Nikki's and the Terry Ann's and um, the persons with disabilities, they will be empowered by the entrepreneurs and how they guide people into, you know, focusing on how to grow your business. And, you know, if you're going wrong financially, you know, it's, it's a day that will cover all types of scenarios. Can I say it's about time? <laughs> because I think a lot of companies think, oh, no, no, we've, we've got this all sorted out now. Yes. We've got this and we've got that. And you look at it and you think, well, no, actually you don't. Yes. And you, we need somebody like you that's going to come in and say, well, actually, this is what you need to do. And the sad thing is, as I'm sure you're well aware, it's not that big of a deal to make these. Some of it's very little changes. Yes. It's really not it to rebuild the building. It's a little adaptation you need to make. It's not going to be madly expensive or very inconvenient to do. But people, I think it's just they don't want to make the effort. Yes. And once those little minor little changes mm. are made, um, I remember at the Metro Center in Johannesburg, there were two little steps. And that was going to the parking area. So you had to leave the building. And I asked them just to build a little ramp. And the amount of people that came afterwards, persons in wheelchairs, clients that used to visit, they just said, wow, you know, that ramp has really improved because now they don't have to phone someone to come and collect them. So it's simple. Little simple. Yeah. And, and this, I'm, I'm sure, is what you're going to be explaining yes, to these people at the seminar, yeah. that it's not a big deal. It's little things. Yes. And it changes people. It literally could change somebody's life True. to do a little thing. So this is all very exciting. So now after this this whole day, this whole seminar, where do you go from there now? This you're going to be having this fability organization and yes. what, what is how is that going to work we're going to create a network and for the people that are registering we're getting their contact details we'll keep them informed with all the latest in technology and if there are improvements in companies you know we're also going to compare um, the university of stellenbosch business um, health solutions has also got this whole plan and course that they're planning and fability will now be part of that you know the fabulous factor so it, it's going to be a continuous um, process you know we'll assist companies continuously we'll do visits every three months to six months and see if the staff members are accommodated or um, if there's any challenges that the company directors would like us to assist with. I think one of the biggest things that I've faced when I've been doing this show and I do another specific show called the disability report is uh, employment and that seems to be the biggest stumbling block at the moment yes. are you going to be doing anything as far as employment itself is concerned after the seminar are you going to have sort of i don't know some sort of way of people contacting each other on your site your absolutely. website absolutely many clients many people that have been coming forward that want to attend the seminar are from hr um, recruitment companies so it's going to help i've got a database of um, senior people that have the degrees and more than capable of doing the jobs and um, companies that are looking for those skilled people because you find that disabled people are in the front line it's normally the reception positions and um, we want to break away from that we want the lawyers in lawyer positions and we can't use the excuse of driving and a driver's license anymore you know those type of things need to be um, adjusted a little bit and you know just implemented in companies
Oh, how have you found, I mean, you've just come down from Johannesburg, how have you found Cape Town accessibility-wise so far? Cape Town a is problem. very difficult. <laughs> That's what I'm asking <laughs> you, I know. flat as Johannesburg. <laughs> no, but it, it's okay, I'm getting a lot of exercise walking Are you up moving? and down <laughs> mountains. And to me, it's a mountain, to you, it's a little pavement. <laughs> yes, yeah. No, so yeah. have you been in touch with the local sort of city council here? You should do that. Yes, I will be in contact. I mean, everybody in Cape Town will be very grateful, I can tell you right now. <laughs> Now, it just takes somebody like you to actually get the ball rolling and to get, as you, as I said now, it's it's really to understand what disability awareness is all yes. about. People, I don't think half the time are actually aware of anything. True. You know, they think, oh, well, it's fine. It's not that big of a step or something. You know, they don't realize what that little step or that little revolving door possibly for somebody in a wheelchair can't get through a revolving door. You know, there's all those sorts of things. And they're little things that people just don't really notice. True. So we need you here. Welcome <laughs> to Cape Town. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you're going to make a huge difference. Thank you. And I'm sure what you're doing here is going to change so many lives. So thank you so very much for what you're doing. And thank you for coming in to chat with us this evening. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank Bernadette. You. And good luck to you. Bernadette Rigney is the Director of Fability Lifestyle Guidance, a company committed to showing that persons with disabilities have the ability to live life fabulously. For more information about the inspiring, transforming and fabulous Fability Seminar, you can email awh africa at gmail.com and Mali, as i mentioned earlier is playing cameroon in malabo in equatorial guinea in this year's afcon and mo ali hopefully there's a goal now mo the goal drought between nine and ten on safm continues <laughs> unfortunately no goals as yet between uh, Mali and uh, cameroon we're into the uh, final 20 seconds of the one minute of stoppage time that has been added by the zambian referee and uh, it looks like uh, the first half will end uh, goalless and uh, uh, four of the this is the eighth game of the tournament and four of uh, the previous seven have ended in 1-1 uh, draws and uh, let's hope we have a bit more action in the second half although uh, the uh, goalkeeper for the Cameroonians Fabrice Ondoa did pull off a number of uh, very good saves notably from uh, Bakary Sako and uh, from Mustafa Yatabare. We also saw a chance uh, going the way of the Cameroonians seven minutes before half-time. A lovely cross uh, from the left-hand side by uh, Edgar Saili and uh, Benjamin Mukanju. Uh, if uh, people who watch the World Cup remember, he was involved in a fight uh, with his own player at the World Cup in that game against uh, Croatia, in fact, with uh, Alex Song. Uh, in fact, uh, Benoit Esso Okato and uh, the two of them... Uh, part of that uh, disgraceful performance by the Cameroonians but they've got things together since that uh, World Cup uh, performance that World Cup disaster and in fact went uh, through the qualifiers unbeaten uh, together with South Africa and uh, Gabon but uh, thus far no goals as yet in the first half and let's hope uh, there will be some goals to report uh, in the second half uh, during Stephen Kirker's show and if you missed the earlier game in uh, Group D it uh, finished uh, Guinea the underrated Guinea side, remember, they are one of the countries that's been plagued by the Ebola virus and uh, ironically had to play their home qualifiers in Morocco, the country that was due to host the Nations Cup, uh, but uh, refused to do so at the appointed time due to their fears around Ebola Guinea, uh, playing to a 1-1 draw against a 10-man Ivory Coast. So at halftime then in Malabo, it's uh, Mali nil, Cameroon nil.
Well, we can test out our theory tomorrow, Mo, because I, get, I gather you, I won't be chatting with you tomorrow evening. I'll be chatting with Atta Sabeta. <laughs> so we'll, so see. we'll see. If yeah. they're goals tomorrow, then it's not my fault. By the process of elimination. If they're, goal, if they're no goals tomorrow, then I'll take the blame. <laughs> okay, <bye>. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your evening off <laughs> tomorrow, and I'll speak to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Mo. Thanks very much. Good night. And as I mentioned, I'll be chatting with Atta Sabeta tomorrow evening for the Congo versus Gabon match. Bafana Bafana will be no pushovers as they square up against the Black Stars on the 27th of January 2050 on your favorite radio station and in your home of football, SABC One. Catch this action live from Estadio Dumongomo with kickoff at 8 p.m. SABC Sport, bringing Equatorial Guinea closer to you. Health Matters with Karen Key. Well, when you think about Hermanus, I'm sure most of you think about a weekend away, a fabulous holiday, and of course the whales. But there's a whole lot more going on there. And Theo Crano of Sparkle Kids is on the line to tell us more. Theo, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hello, Karen. Nice to speak to you. Well, I'm going to start off with Sparkle Kids because that's how I was first introduced to you. So just tell my listeners what Sparkle Kids is all about. It's an amazing project. Wonderful. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, Sparkle Kids. Um, what we do is we identify um, young people with potential in a, in a township stroke, stroke squatter camp in Hermanus called Zwellitle. It's about 35,000 people. And we basically work in the, in, the, in, the, in the high school where that's where we started working. That's a school called Kaya. Um, and the pass rate in that school was 32% for, for 14 years and more. And then through getting extra tutoring in from um, Cape Town, that Mr. Lolwana, the, the headmaster, who's my big buddy, um, he goes and he gets these um, turbocharged quasi-speaking tutors, and um, they moved up from 32% to 76% in the last three years. Congratulations, that's incredible. Isn't that nice, hey? And, um, oh, and then what we do is then we get these kids, and, you know, we don't look for academic intelligence. We look for so much more. There's um, uh, people skills, that's your passport out of poverty, um, you know, streetwiseness, whatever, you know, whatever you got, we, we see whether we can identify through mentoring. And then we um, um, guide these kids along to, uh, to uh, doable, achievable goals. And two and a half years, three years ago, we, we managed to send two kids to university because of um, digging and finding them. They're both doing engineering, one at WITS. One at CPUT. This year we got 28 young people um, but studying education and engineering and nursing and electricians and stuff. You know, doable stuff that, uh, that you can um, immediately go into the job market with, you know. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's Sparkle Kids. And, and um, if you know, wonderful people that's involved with us. A guy called Bruce Curry who walked 760 kilometers in Scotland to get money together for Sparkle Kids for what we do. There's even a sparkle, a sparkle bread being baked in Rotterdam in Ireland. Wow. For, <laughs> can you believe? <laughs> for people to um, be wonderful people with good hearts just um, uh, sending money our way. My Way has given us a car, My Way Insurance, Renee Otto from there, and um, there's a little pink car up and down in, in, um, in Armanus taking kids to doctors and to colleges and wherever that, what that needs to happen. So, yeah, that's Sparkle Kids. But if people want to be 
absolutely blown away and, and really uplifted themselves, just go and have a look at the website. It's sparklekids.co.za and you will see a lot of the stories there. You'll see the children and what their aspirations are. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the most fabulous site. You'll be smiling for at least two hours after you've been, been on the site. But now, Theo, this isn't all that you're doing. There's something else that's even more fabulous, if that's possible, happening in Hermanus. Tell me about that. Yep, yeah. You know, Angie, my, my wife and myself, we... Um we saw we just saw that Sparkle Kids got more than what me, me and her could do, and then um, we just sent out some emails and and we just sent out to 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 people who we thought would be like-minded people who's now you know um, like-minded people of all races, people who've now sort of like talked enough politics and I prayed enough and everything, and they just want to get on with it. So this is the name of it: just get on with it, Hermanus. Um, we wanted call it. We wanted it to call it. Just get the flip on with it, Hermanus. <laughs> but we thought, okay, let's soften it down a little. Um, so it's called just get on with it, Hermanus. And it's about the first first meeting. We had about twenty people get together from the community of all races. Then forty, and then we had a packed restaurant, Harbour Rock restaurant, where we get together. And um, my friend Francois from there was the owner, and Luanne from Abergold. We just get together and we just get these people together and William from the township and we, we all speak the same language and that's basically just to find enough common ground in one another to, to drop the blame and shame and, and the judgment and the, it's your fault or my fault and we just get on with it. And um, we've got some wonderful projects going on like internships at um, for hospitality and um, we started with 15 young people and all of them are now in the in the industry, busy, busy earning money, and they're up and running. Marine Hotel, people are just um, employing these kids because they sparkle kids. Now the Western Cape government has funded us for 150, can you believe, interns that we're getting the end of March, beginning February, that has to be placed um, in all with, with a lot of businesses in, in Hermanus, and they're all being mentored, you know, because if you go into a typical squatter camp situation... They aren't parents, you know, um, and uh, you know, there's so much to be said about that, but you know what? The kids deserve better, and the people are raising up, rising up to meet that need and to meet, meet that challenge where the kids deserve better. So it's good people doing good things in Hermanus. And yeah, that's, that's just get on with it, Hermanus, Karen. We need to get on with it around the country, though, Theo. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It comes by, you cannot put a law on somebody and say, ah, you've got to find middle ground. You've got to start talking to say, it's got to become, it comes from inspiration of just being, you know, hustful, for lack of a better word, of um, talking and praying and this and that and the next and just getting on with it and just saying, listen, wow, we're sitting with the best country. There's the most wonderful goodwill. Um, Max the Prayer speaks about ship South Africa being a fantastic, Fantastic ship, best constitution in the world, free press, you know, public protector, but the leadership of Lord. So it's all hands on deck. You know, normal people, just the communities in various places, just saying, hey, how are we going to, how are we going to save this thing? How are we? And there's so much common ground, car, and so much similarity. And that's the most wonderful thing, um, the goodwill, the goodwill that we have. That's the most wonderful. Forget the tourism, forget everything else. It's the goodwill that we have in this country, spoiled by politics often and by other things. But the community, the community, the people are such, such wonderful people. So there's more to Hermanus than Wales, basically. <laughs> yeah, there's more than Wales. But the Wales are wonderful too, remember.
Well, there's more than just the whales. There's the wonderful people. But I just love the idea of these children being given such opportunities. Um, and I'm sure that what, what they're receiving from Sparkle Kids will be so in them that they'll want to give back themselves as they move forward in life, which I that, think is the best part. Yes, that's where the healing comes in is when one child emerges, he takes the whole family with. And I always say there's two things that you have to do. You've got to be grateful and you've got to pull others along. And... Um, the mayor of this town is so wonderful, you know. Yeah, we once again won the, the uh, award for, for number one municipality um, amongst 287, I think, municipalities. And her heart is just to, um, Mayor Buta Guthrie, her heart is just, just so for the community and, uh, and just getting on with it. So she's part of Sparkle Kids and she's part of just getting on with it, Hermana. So it's all a, a nice bunch of people just... Um, you know, forgetting the past and forgetting all the chaduntas and just uh, getting on with it. Now, I'm sure there are people listening out there, Theo, that are thinking, gosh, I wish my town did something like that. If people want to get hold of you, if they want some ideas or possibly some inspiration from you as to how they can get on with it in their town, um, can they get hold of you somehow? Yes, you can. Uh, there's an there's a email address. And for, it's my wife's email address. I'm a little bit challenged. With, <laughs> I know um, the feeling. Technology, <laughs> if it's not diesel-driven, then I'm not into oh, it. Okay. Thing. So it's, yeah, so it's angiecrano at gmail.com. Okay, so if anybody's sort of feeling inspired by Theo, who you can you can hear is so pumped up and so full of energy <laughs> and life. I mean, he makes me, I've been smiling ever since I, ever since I started speaking to him. Sure. If you want some inspiration and if you feel that you'd like to do something like this, please do drop him a mail. It's angiecrano at gmail.com and if you missed that email address just drop me one to healthmatters at safm.co.za and I'll send you all that information. Oh, there's a wonderful DVD um, on, on our website mm. made by my wonderful friend Francois Acha F.C. Haman who's, a, who's, a, who's an absolute part of, of, um, of Sparkle Kids and just getting on with it, Hermanus. And um, you can see the beauty of Hermanus and aerial shots of the whales and all the good things and then the, the reality of of the poverty, and then the initiative from Squatter Camp to self-support and portrayed and, and filmed and beautifully beautifully done by FC. So that's also on there, yeah. Theo, you're doing amazing work. Congratulations. Well done. And I wish you much success and long may these projects last our thing. And hopefully you'll spread them around the country because this is what we really do need. So thank you so very much indeed for your time and chatting with us this evening. And uh, good luck for the future. Karen, thank you for, 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 for allowing me to say what I had to say on your show. Only a pleasure. And I, I hope it's inspired a lot of people out there. So have a good evening and thank you so much again for your time. Thank you, Karen. You stay well. Thanks, Theo. Good night to you. Bye-bye. I was chatting there with Theo Crano of Sparkle Kids in Hermanus sounds like an amazing person and the stuff they're doing out there as I said there's a whole lot more to Hermanus than just the whales that you were thinking about and if you'd like more information you can take a look there's a website it's sparklekids.co.za or you can email Theo on angiecrano at gmail.com well that's it for Health Matters for this week I'm Karen Key thanks for joining me and I'll be back with you again tomorrow evening just after 9 with time to travel so join me then and don't forget there's a list of available documents for Health Matters so if you'd like any of those take a look at the Facebook page it's Health Matters on SAFM or drop me an email to healthmatters at safm.co.za and as I mentioned earlier I do have some fact sheets on that um musculoskeletal pain and the muscle spasms and all of that. If you'd like that document, just drop me a mail to healthmatters at SAFM and I will send you that as well. At Adcock Ingram, we're inspired to create quality medicines at affordable prices. 
The passion and care that goes into our trusted brands like Panado, Bioplus, Comprel and Citra Soda can also be found in our range of generic medicines. So whether you're a boyki with a bellyache or a gogo with a cold, trust us to take care of you and your family's health. Adcock Ingram, adding value to life. Ask for Adcock Ingram Medicines the next time you visit your pharmacy. And this program was brought to you by Adcock Ingram. Adcock Ingram is passionate about the health of all South Africans across our rainbow nation. Trust Adcock Ingram Medicines to take care of you and your family's health. Adcock Ingram, adding value to life. And it's time now for some nighttime music with Stephen Kirker. Hi, Stephen.